This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 57th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. It is just a crisp, like, 70-something degrees yep. outside today. It feels like fall, feels like football weather. It's it's good. It's yeah, really it, was, good. it was nice and cool, but also sunny. Mm-hmm. So it's like just about perfect. Pretty much perfect. Well, um, Mizzou didn't play this past week, which is sad. Um, we had to watch other things and um, endure a what felt like a really long bye week. And but thankfully, there was no news from Mizzou football, really which is good. You don't want really any news. I feel like only bad news can come from a, a bye week. But um, we Missouri plays again this weekend. They play Troy at home and looking to uh, continue one of the better starts, the best start that they've had under Barry Odom. So that, that's exciting. Um, did you happen to catch the Bears game this weekend? Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Um, <laughs> football, National Football League football. Who do they play? The uh, Packers. I don't know. All I know is Chase Daniel was the quarterback. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yes. Uh, yeah. I I watched some of it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> did you? Excuse me. Did you? Yeah, I did because Chase Daniel's playing, and I think that he is just as good or better than Mitch Trubisky. That's a hot take. And that is not that hot of a take, honestly. Uh, but Chase Daniels living the dream uh, as the highest paid backup in the NFL. and NFL history, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, he's living the dream. He comes in and just he just looks confident out there, man. He looks like he's no, he knows what he's doing. He's been in a uh, uh, in, in the offensive system with uh, – what's – What's their coach's name? Yeah. Matt Nagy. Yeah. He's been in, in his system for a while, even dating back to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs days. So he's comfortable in that offense. He looks good. He knows what a winning team is all about because he was with the Saints for a while. So, yeah, it was awesome to see him get the win. He yeah. basically, I mean, he was the, the starter for pretty much the whole game. Yeah. he. D- so I mean, he cool. doesn't really do anything flashy, but their defense is phenomenal. Yeah, so you that, don't really need to. You just need to not not lose the game mistakes, exactly yeah. so i think he has a chance to play for a little while because mitch trubisky's injury looked it is his non-throwing shoulder but he looked it looked pretty bad yeah it's always interesting you always know i feel like anytime chase daniel enters a nfl football game he's immediately a top five trending topic in the united states on twitter <laughs> because for some reason everybody loves to talk about chase daniel yeah. and I think he's kind of a favorite subject of some of the barstool guys, and it's just I don't know. It's well, he just like doesn't really look like a like what you might think of as like right. a NFL quarterback. So I think, and that, then that, there's that whole thing with you know how much he gets paid as a backup. So yeah, th- those storylines are kind of funny, and the fact that he's just kind of stuck around as a 
basically a career backup yeah. and, and he's like living kind of good he's yeah. like sneaky good and he's gonna be able to just like have a full career as an nfl player and never really be the starter for yeah. a team so that was fun i watched that chiefs won panthers won can't ask for much more than that nebraska lost right so, uh did they lose i don't even know i just feel like they, always they played lose, ohio so. state oh yeah they lost sorry cameron and it was a good game though wasn't it did you watch it? I shut it off after the first quarter. So it was, wow. it was, so a, fan it was a real great game. Wow. All right. We'll talk about Nebraska We'll later. get there in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but first, we do have some news. It's all basketball. So try to help me if I forgot some football news. But uh, first, uh, there was a big announcement um, since we last recorded. And it was really exciting came down to the wire and Mizzou was able to pull out a commitment from Jordan Wilmore, a 2020 big man. So I thought I would start the news with that and get your opinion on uh, Mr. Wilmore. I see what you did there. And that was the only um, Mizzou target that announced their commitment this past week. As far as I know. Okay. So Jordan Wilmore is a 7'3", like all, like 270 pound center. Um, a little bit out of nowhere. Um, but that's typically how Conzo Martin's recruits go. Um, it seems like uh, there's mixed feelings on Twitter uh, and the internet, understandably. Um, you know, you, you can't teach, uh, you know, seven foot three. And he's uh, probably has insane reach. He's going to be able to defend the rim and, uh, and rebound and block shots. Um, and maybe we can, best case scenario, he develops some kind of offensive game to go with those things uh, in his career. It looks like he moves pretty well for a seven-footer. I mean, that's yeah. not something you see every day. You see a lot of these kind of raw seven-foot high school-age guys that you wonder how they're even going to get up and down the court. Yeah. But I saw probably the same videos that everybody else has of him like doing some dribbling drills, and um, it looks like he's not super aggressive on the offensive end it looked like he should be kind of dominating Just dunking everyone <laughs> yeah dunking everything but he was like kind of settling for some lay-ins and little like baby hooks and stuff in the lane when he was a good foot and a half taller than a lot of his opponents yeah i agree he looked pretty athletic for being just out of this world tall i mean that's just enormous at seven three so um, to be able to do what he was doing was was pretty impressive, and um, maybe he—I mean—he still has plenty of time to develop. So, never know. Um, it's probably worth taking a flyer on him and seeing what happens. Definitely. And uh, we've talked about how, with uh, Reed Nico being gone next year, and potentially Jeremiah Tillman, uh, still have to see it to believe it. But um, and Axel Okongo, they aren't even sure if they're going to be able to get. A second year of eligibility for him so may there is a scenario where you lose all three of those big men and you got to replace them with somebody so um hopefully they're not in that position but this will help out a, at least a little bit can you remind me if he's a four-year guy is he coming out of high school i believe so yes so plenty of time to develop i mean i don't know you never know what can happen in you know junior senior years of of college for these kids when they're so far away from being fully developed so yeah i think he had an offer from Tennessee really and Ole Miss but they backed off I don't think he could have ever committed to those programs and the only 
I'll say legitimate offers he had before Mizzou were pretty low tier. Yeah. So I think Mizzou kind of, uh, kind of saw where they stood and, uh, he kind of jumped at the opportunity. So, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we're kind of beating around the bush here. I buried the lead a bit because Caleb Love made his decision. Um, on Tuesday, he decided to commit to the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, kind of a no name school, um, on the east side of uh, the United States. I don't think they've really had much, much success on the big stage, at least other than lots of national championships and multiple NBA players every single year. (laughs) So, uh, we kind of thought that was going to happen. Everything was trending North Carolina and that's what ended up happening. I'll be honest. I didn't even watch the video live. I just was out and about and I was just kind of checking Twitter every once in a while and, and saw it. So, no, not a shocking thing whatsoever. Um, I think pretty much every Mizzou fan that cares even a little bit at all um, knew that was going to happen probably with all the crystal ball stuff and just, you know, anytime you're going against North Carolina, you tr- probably not a great track record with that. So um, totally understand wanting to go to a premier program like that. That's just, like you said, every year putting guys in the NBA. Um let, let me ask you, would, would you rather have been second place or would you have, uh, would you rather have been second place or not make his top five or six at all? I'd definitely 100% rather be second place. I'd rather have Mizzou mentioned in headlines and tweets right next to North Carolina. I want the program associated with players of that caliber for as long as possible, as many of them as possible. So, and I think that's part of the recruiting game. I mean, I think that's perception. Part, that's yeah. That's why you see some of these programs. That's why teams that don't have a shot offer the number one player in the country so that their school and brand and everything can be associated with that type of player. Obviously it works more if you are getting deep into the rec- recruitments of these guys, like Missouri has done multiple times and We've talked about before how success on the court is going to change things to some extent and hopefully get us to the point where we're getting over the hump on a few of these guys. Yeah, 100% agree. And would you th- do you think that Missouri was legitimately his number two choice, or do you think he kind of kept us around just because we're the home state school? What do you, th- what do you think about that? Uh, I th- That's kind of – I feel like that's definitely what um, Jason Tatum did. The, the latter just kept Missouri around just to not uh, offend anybody, I mm-hmm. think. And they never really had a chance. Same thing with Michael Porter Jr. when he first committed to Washington. I think based on the articles I've read and the things I've seen, I think Caleb Love legitimately considered Missouri for a really long time. I don't believe him when he says it's, it was 50-50 when he was asked because that's that's just not how it works. You don't, if it was still 50, 50, then we'd see things like, uh, coaches going to his house, right? Like days before the commitment. Exactly. Um, well, I think he even came out and said after the fact, he, he called, of course, Conzo like a week or two ago, like right, right after back it, from his North Carolina trip. And so he yeah. let him know a while ago. So obviously that was a, and a, we kind of, we knew that, that was a lot. We kind of called that when we saw, um, Conzo out in California visiting Josh Christopher, we were like, uh, he, he might've just got some bad news. Yeah. yeah. Either, Either way, the work was done. Either yeah. 
he knew that he was coming to Mizzou or he knew he was going to North Carolina, but Agree. there was nothing more that could be done there or else Conza would be doing it. Yep. So I don't know. I feel like I kind of rambled there, but no, I th- um, very valid points. Yeah. Caleb Love is probably going to be a really good player. And I still don't know if he's going to be a one and done. I think it'll be really interesting because this year they're going to, uh, North Carolina gets uh, point guard Cole Anthony, and he is almost a sure thing one and done. And he's kind of a transcendent player that the Dukes, North Carolinas, Kentuckys get all the time. And this is a similar situation with uh, Cam Fletcher to Kentucky. I just wonder sometimes with these kind of fringe five-star guys, when they go to a school like North Carolina or Kentucky, I don't think they're set up perfectly to be a one and done like a top 10 player is. Yeah. Um, they're still incredible athletes. Like, and we've talked about it for a y- over a year now, how impressive Caleb Love is. But I agree, there's still a significant skill gap between the number three guy in the country and the number 30 guy in the country, which is around what he is, I think. So, yeah. and obviously, rankings don't aren't always just correct. But in basketball recruiting, they're right more often than not. Right. If you look, if you go down the list of previous years rankings, the top ten is just all NBA guys and a lot, mostly one and done guys. And if you look at the NBA draft every year, well, this past year, I want to say like the first seven guys, maybe even more than that, drafted were all one and dones. And you know, that's only that's that's a lot of players because considering how many NBA teams there are. That many of them are taking one and dones, but when you look at how many college freshmen they are, there are in a given year, that's not a lot of one and dones. Mm-hmm. So, I'll obviously be rooting for him. I'll, I'll never understand the people on Twitter that just immediately become hostile towards a high schooler when they don't pick the team that you root for as their college of choice. It just blows my mind right. that people who I assume are adults on Twitter just, I don't even know. They're just like so toxic immediately and just, and not only to the high school player, Caleb Love, but to Conzo Martin and just so negative immediately about everything. Right. And I had to like, I was just blocking a few people on Twitter because not that they uh, care anything about the tweets that I send, but I just did not want to see those kind of attitudes and things associated with Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like shocking. I don't know, you know, not everybody's on Twitter and everything, but uh, it is truly shocking <laughs> to see what people say to actual people yeah. on, on Twitter. And, you know, I, if, if I saw, you know, somebody, you know, some Kansas fan, you know, wishing Kelly Bryant would tear his ACL or something. I would be like, that is like, I, don't, I would like freak out. Right. And, you know, and probably those people would too, with the people that are saying that to Caleb Love. So what makes it okay for now you to say it to someone else because right. they're not on your team? Yeah. And it's one thing to like, obviously, this is getting a little off topic, but sports rivalries are still just sports rivalries. Like if you have... There are plenty of people that have Kansas fans in their family and 
in their friend group and you probably make fun of each other and you know hate on each other's teams but your actual relationships with people are way more important than sports rivalries and I think people just need to take a step back when they want to tweet something negative or like truly hostile towards a high schooler that didn't pick their school it just like like you said it's it blows my mind when I see it and hopefully our listeners agree with us and are not the type of people that are going to be doing that sort of thing but quit being so rational <laughs> quit being so like understandable and human Cameron yeah. sorry we we like sports we gotta be crazy yeah, you can still be a crazy sports fan. Yeah, take your pa- take your passion and use it in a different way. Right. I don't know. Go support the school or something. I don't know. If right. you if you want to win that badly, there are other ways to go about it. To, there's other ways to make an impact. And you have to realize that you're only making the school, the basketball yes. team, the fan base. You're only doing harm. Yeah, it's only making it look worse. Yeah, I'm right. sure that Caleb Love really wanted to change his mind, but I, he didn't. So it was. I'm yeah. sure it was close. Whenever he got like all these terrible messages from yeah. Mizzou fans right after he posted his video he probably saw that and was like oh you know yeah. <laughs> I oh man I made the wrong choice he made a really good point when he said that he hopes I die in a fiery hell for eternity <laughs> did that really happen no I don't know <laughs> that was a little bit of exaggeration on my Just part a little bit anyway <clears throat> uh of course after a player does not commit to Missouri you're more than welcome to unfollow them on all social medias and for the most part, not talk about them ever again, which is probably what we will do in this situation. Yep. And that starts right now because we're going to talk about John Hewley, who also cut Missouri from his list. It didn't make it nearly as far as Caleb Love's decision. I just broke the rule that I just said about never talking about him again. Wow. You, you, oh man. You're I just, just love him so much. I yeah. Guess. Man, you just need to t- t- relax. Take a step back, man. So John Hewley will announce his decision between Pittsburgh, North Carolina State, and Kansas State on Friday, October 18th. So Missouri cut from the list there. See you never. Davion Bradford was also in the news because there had been some rumors that he may take a prep year before going to college. I actually didn't see any of those until he tweeted that those rumors are false. He is not taking a prep year before college. So I still think even with taking a 2020 big man already, I still feel like Missouri's in the driver's seat with him. And I think they are maybe waiting to see. Well, they were definitely waiting to see what happened with Caleb Love. They're going to have to do some interesting things with scholarships at this point after taking Jordan Wilmore, but I still think they would take Davion Bradford, and I think they're in the driver's seat still. Yeah, my feeling is on Bradford is that he wants to be at Mizzou. I think they know that. I think it was probably made clear to him that we can take both you and Jordan Wilmore, and at least I hope that's the case, um, but I'm I'm pretty sure that Bradford's going to end up at Mizzou, and I think it'll probably be in the next few weeks that we'll, that we'll hear that. Um, announcement I don't think we're going to hear an announcement anytime soon for Josh Christopher though it seems like perhaps if Kentucky was still if Kentucky was pursuing him the way I think Josh Christopher wanted them to pursue him then it might be over already but with Kentucky out of the picture I think he's going to take his time and 
I don't know. I, 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 I struggle with the timeline of everything of when he would commit if it's after the early signing period. So are we talking like spring 2020? Spring. Yep. We're going to, that, that's when it's going to have to be. And hopefully Davian Bradford just gets on board and, uh, you know, as soon as possible and kind of takes the doubt out of, of his future. And so we don't have to do all the work in the spring, but, um, yeah, I, I agree with you that Josh Christopher, I don't think we'll know where he's going until maybe after his high school season. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of crazy. Usually those top tier guys want to get everything out of the way before their senior season starts, but we're going to be doing a Courtney Ramey again. Oh, geez. I hadn't even thought about that. That was nostalgic, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Josh Christopher is in the news, though, because he is taking an official visit to Howard University. Um, Howard University is an historically black college, and um, if you don't know about them, it's probably because their sports are nothing to write home about, and they don't usually get even looks from top-tier guys like that. So there was an article... In the Athletic, written by Jamel Hill, um, I'm not a huge Jamel Hill fan, but I think this is a good article, and I would encourage everyone to go read it. Um, obviously, Kyle and I are really not in a place to comment too much on historically black colleges. We don't really know much about them, but it's cool to see Josh Christopher want to take this step and you know branch out and kind of be a little bit unique for whatever reason, and um, it, in the article it talks about him kind of wanting to see the history of the university and like how it affects him to this day, and yeah. I think all of that is really cool. It's definitely something that anybody should do, and him having the opportunity to do it, um, he should definitely take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely some very meaningful history there, and I'm glad that he's getting this opportunity to... Uh, be in the news for for something good and yeah it seems like a great kid and and just the article itself is really positive Mm -hmm. towards josh in general so that's cool to see so he's going to howard i really really don't think so (laughs) (laughs) and uh, he basically says as much in the article that he's he's kind of just wanting to give them a spotlight because other kids in the future that don't have the opportunities he has he wants them to see that a place like howard is a legitimate option even though he's not actually considering them so you know take that however you want um it's it's it is a cool article though and it only makes josh look good so kind of a paradoxical endorsement yeah but hey that's that's okay it's a uh howard's in the news so that's all press is good press, right? Usually. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have for news. Did you think of any football-related stuff? There wasn't any, really. So uh, Other than uh, the depth chart notes that we're going to talk about here in a minute. So yeah. uh, there really just wasn't anything that happened in the bye week. Thank goodness. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got injured. Yeah. So that's good. We might have just jinxed it. Yep. Now news is going to come out <laughs> while we're talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then we'll move on to our college football playoff segment where the three of us, producer Cameron included, have uh, a team of college football teams that we think and hope will end up in the college football playoff. So uh, last week, Kyle substituted uh, some Pac-12 team that lost for Texas, (laughs) (laughs) 
And so he has Alabama. Oh, and I should mention that Alabama took over the number one spot in the AP poll, which is what we go off of right now until the official college football playoff rankings come out. So Alabama's number one. So Kyle has Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and Penn State. Producer Cameron has Ohio State, who jumped up to number four, Oklahoma, Auburn, and Florida. And I have Clemson, who dropped down to number two, LSU, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame. So I still barely have the best um, average ranking of yeah. all of those teams. It really tightened up right now. I have an average ranking of six, and both of you have an average ranking of 6.75. Wow, that is remarkable. Uh, but So whoever nobody, wins at the end of that, what? at the end of this, whoever wins is just whoever has the most teams. Uh, or do we do anything, how well they perform in the playoff? No, I think it's just on who makes it yeah so and if we both get two teams then well we'll just we'll just do the average rank like that so okay gotcha so i think we should we'll just do it based on average rank and so you need to pay attention to your teams that don't actually make the playoff you still want them to be the highest ranked possible gotcha so I have no idea whose turn it is to sub out a team. I will go ahead and say that I am choosing not to do so. Same. Same. Okay. That makes it easy then. Um, I do want to mention that we'll pick the game later, but Auburn and Florida play each other, who both are owned by producer Cameron. Ooh. So one of your teams is going to lose. Is it too late to pick a different team? It's not. Go ahead and do it if you want. I was wondering if you were going to do that. Maybe I should wait till after that game, but... I'll trade, well... Better not guess wrong. <laughs> Who's going to win that game? Can we figure out who actually has the first option right now? Uh, Yeah. How we'll do that, I have no idea. It might still be me. Um, let's see. Because I didn't last week. I think the only time I switched is the week all of us switched. So it looks like if I switch, I'll go to the bottom. Yes, but it's you do have the first option, then me, then Kyle, because he switched out Utah for Texas. Okay, I'm gonna wait then. Okay, so they're all the same. I'm not gonna read them again. You can rewind (laughs) thirty seconds if you want to hear all the teams. What, What team were you thinking about there? You're thinking about switching auburn or florida with who you don't have to tell me but rather not say because i mislooked at something you mislooked <laughs> at something <laughs> oh my gosh what are you talking about well glad i didn't pick i would have looked like an idiot who was it <laughs> i'm not saying we must know mizzou it nebraska was... <laughs> yeah it must have been I don't know. Could have been Iowa. That wouldn't have been a horrible pick, actually. No. I don't know what he missed looked at. Whatever, I'm over it. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's talk about the depth chart. Um, there's one big change, noteworthy change. Uh, you want to tell us about it? Yeah. Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat's back on the depth chart. A uh, Probably going to be the starting defensive end, I would assume. Um, probably opposite Chris Turner. Um, so that's definitely big news. Um, in a 
in a position that has been better than we probably thought it was going to be this year, um, but still a position of need for sure. So um, I think we've gotten a little bit more production out of Trey Williams than maybe I thought it was going to be there, and we've gotten some really nice uh, pressure from the from the inside guys, Kobe Whiteside and Jordan Elliott. Yeah, we kind of so, knew that was going to happen. And yeah, kind of. Kobe Whiteside's been far better than I thought. So, um, and the you, excellent. Sorry, I cut you off there, but the good. excellent linebacker play has yes. helped mask any deficiencies on the end so far. One hundred percent. So yeah, that, that's just that's all good. Getting some more depth there, and probably our starter. Um, so I'll I'll be interested to see uh, how he looks against Troy. So, Troy, you say? Missouri plays Troy, so let's preview Troy. Troy Trojans are two and two, zero and one in the Sun Belt. Producer Cameron, is Missouri State going to join the Sun Belt? Surely not. All right, heard it here first. They're not going to. <laughs> Surely, yeah. Uh, Troy has wins versus Campbell, which I don't think is a Division One team. They won that game forty-three to fourteen, and they won at Akron thirty-five to seven, but they lost to Southern Mississippi forty-seven to forty-two. And Arkansas State, fifty to forty-three. So obviously, a very immediate trend that I'm seeing is a lot of points scored in every single one of these games. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, they Troy scores a lot of points, and they don't stop any, anybody at all, except for Akron, apparently. Yeah, Akron must be awful because <laughs> um, Campbell scored more points. Wow. I think Campbell are the Fighting Camels. Is Troy the Trojans? Yeah. Wow. That is a matchup of the ages. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you mentioned Troy's offense. They're pretty good. They're actually, I believe, on ESPN's team efficiency stats, they're one spot better than Missouri in offensive efficiency, which I think they're like 49 and 50. I may have that reverse, but they're basically the same. Yeah, uh, they've got a great quarterback, and he's going to be tough to stop. And so I would probably compare him to kind of what we were looking for in West Virginia's quarterback in Austin Kendall. He's got a lot of arm talent. They're going to throw a lot. And they've got good receivers that catch pretty much everything. Yeah. So if there's a window, he'll usually hit them, and they're usually going to come down with the ball. Yeah, so this will be a huge test again for um, kind of the, the D-line to see what kind of pressure they can put on, and then, of course, the secondary and see if they can lock down. Because I remember having the same conversation with you about um, West Virginia when we were previewing them. It's going to be big to see if we can get pressure, and it's going to be big to see what the cornerbacks can do. And both the both of those units performed incredibly well against West Virginia, and the, uh, multiple interceptions and had a pick six, and so um, that was clearly the the key to that game. And so that is going to have to be the case again here. Yeah, I think I honestly think Troy will be able to move the ball better than any team has since Wyoming. Yeah, I agree. And they'll definitely be able to run the ball better than West Virginia did. I mean, Missouri would, if Missouri comes out and has a similar performance on defense that they have the last three weeks, they would be making a huge statement. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would be saying that we are 100% for real. Right. I know it's still Troy. Right. It it probably wouldn't be a national statement, but it would be a statement to It would solidify uh, a lot of things. (laughs) Honestly, them shutting down Troy would mean more to me than them shutting down uh, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Ole Miss even. I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that Troy's offense is far superior to that of probably Kentucky's and 
maybe Vanderbilt for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, slowing down that offense, it, I think it'll be a challenge, but I think Missouri will rise to the challenge. I think that I still think the run defense that translates, you know, to most opponents, you know, being able to stop the run is such a huge thing. And the way Barry Odom has kind of geared his defenses, it took a while for it to take hold, but now that he's established this just run stopping juggernaut of a defense, I think it's one of the, it seems like for Missouri, it's one of the easier things to take with them from game to game. Yeah, I think so too. And this is kind of off topic a little bit, but do you remember that first season of Barry Odom uh, whenever they were kind of implementing a new defense, kind of trying to, like you said, establish more of a run-stopping defense as opposed to just the all-out blitz, like let's meet the quarterback kind of kind of thing with, you know, Marcus Golden and Shane Ray, some of those guys. I mean, that, that truly felt like that's what the plan is. It's just run as fast as you can to the quarterback, yeah. every, every single play, no matter what. Right. And so it seemed like whenever they wanted to bring in a, a little mo- bit more of a complicated scheme to, to stop the run, it, it did not go over well at all. We were terrible against the run. It seemed like there was resistance from the players on a personal level. It almost felt like they were being slighted. I think Charles Harris had some, you know, kind of interesting comments at the time about how he didn't really want to make the switch. And Yeah, like so. they, he, I can understand that. He probably felt like he wasn't getting to do what he came there to do. Right, and that's exactly why, you, and this is, Again, I'm just going on a tangent here, but that's why you give coaches several years to before you really start to judge their success or or lack of because yeah. they got to get their guys in there. They got to re- they got to get the guys, you know, playing on the team that they've recruited to to run the schemes they're running. Yeah, I I could still if somebody wanted to argue that he should have played to the strengths of the players that were still there for a little bit longer um, until he kind of got those the other guys in at least that first year just kind of adapt to what you have well i think that's a re- actually what they may have ended up kind of doing was yeah, the, they the kind of reverted back to it fell on its face so badly that they ended up just kind of running a kind of a lukewarm version of what they were before um with you know with charles harris and he ended up having a decent season but yeah. the defense as a whole was really bad yeah that was that was a weird season and yeah i definitely i kind of i was definitely one of the people that was like what are you doing why right. are you messing up with something that was so great for like the last five years i agree it's so hard to come in and and try to do your scheme with the players that have not been recruited to do that so yeah uh troy's defense on the other hand is pretty terrible yeah i don't think they're really going through a scheme change that i know of i think they're just pretty bad they actually I mean, do have a new coach cause, they do because their coach got hired uh by west virginia right and deservingly so. I mean, he Neil Brown. I think yeah, Troy was known for knocking off teams in this exact situation where uh, I think they had big a big win against LSU. Uh, yep, Nebraska last year. J- yeah, just last year. Do you remember that producer Cameron? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they they really do have a, have a history of doing that. I mean, they beat Missouri in two thousand four. Yeah. So um, this is not at all a game. I was to there for shrug- that game. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, there's, this is not at all a game to shrug off, and uh, because we saw what that happens, uh, what that we saw that happen in week one, obviously. So, um, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm nervous for this game, but I could be nervous. 
quickly if depending on how things start out. Well, how how are I want you to tell me how things are going to start out with Missouri's offense going up against the Troy defense. Well, I don't know. I I really do think that it, it'll be kind of interesting to see who gets the ball first because I truly think this could be <clears throat> a race at least at first. Um I think it's very possible that if Troy gets the ball first, they are going to come out and score, and it's going to be interesting to see how we respond because you know how Barry Odom's teams have a history of responding um, to in-game adversity as well as coming off the bye week. <laughs> right. So we've got a lot of you know how those go um, coming into this game. So, right. Uh, there, I have my concerns, sure, um, but I, I think that I think that Troy – I, I think Missouri's talented enough to to figure it out eventually, but I really do think that the beginning of this game could be interesting. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that bye week thing. That's the weirdest thing right now for Mizzou football, that how bad they've been with time to prepare for a game. Yeah, it just does not make so sense. So bizarre. Yeah, I, I truly, man, I don't know. At some point, you just you have to question, like, what, what, what processes are you doing here? And I think they actually changed up some of their stuff they it, did. during this bye week. I think they, they did. just kind of so clearly he, easier. He's aware of it, and he's, yeah. he's willing to change to, to make a, uh, try to make s- some kind of different outcome happen because it you is— You wouldn't think that, that, that that's an actual thing, though. Like, you would think it's just a fluke. Just like a coincidence, you think so? Until it has happened this many times. Yeah, because it's basically the anti, like Andy Reid, because you know, Andy Reid is known for being really, really good coming off a bye week because he has extra time to prepare, and Barry Odom is the complete opposite. So um, I I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily something they're doing. I think it's probably a coincidence, but maybe it's just a lack of preparedness. And so I think in the past they've gone on the road and recruited on the bye week, but I think what they changed this time is that they've stayed home and just been with the team throughout the whole bye week i definitely think though that missouri's offense will be able to do whatever they want as long as they kind of open it up and they don't try to be too basic with their scheme i think if they throw some misdirection out there and just you know, let it all loose. I think if they use misdirection, use Kelly Bryant's legs, do everything, then they'll be really successful. And I think they'll get huge chunk plays because that's something that Troy's defense is actually horrendous at, which is explosive plays. And they give up a lot of yards in big chunks. So I'm excited to see Missouri's offense take advantage of that. But I think if they try to just control the game too much and just stuff it down Troy's throat, which I know is something that they want to be able to do. I think they need to branch out a little bit, open up the playbook, just treat it as if it was a conference game that you have to win. Then I think they could score 50 points. I agree that it's, I don't know. I think sometimes we see teams try to just scrape by with being as vanilla as possible. And I mean, understandably so you don't want to you know, pull out all the stops against a team you don't need to, but I do wonder if there was things they didn't do against Wyoming that they could have. Um, one of those things being Kelly Bryant running on on option plays because it definitely seemed like those were that was something that they kind of wanted to maybe hide until a real game because they the first time we ever saw him do that was was two weeks ago against South Carolina. So um, it's I think it's one hundred percent true that uh, you know that maybe they want to give some misdirection to teams they're playing in the future um, whenever they're watching us on film and stuff like that. So 
Um, they might try to go as vanilla as possible against an opponent like Troy, but I agree that if I'm perfectly fine with him opening it up if they have to. Yeah, I mean, and I think with Troy jumping out to a, an early lead like they have in, in every game this season, they've started out really fast, which is just awesome to see, and it helps you kind of relax a little bit when, as Mizzou fans, we're nervous going into every game. But... Um, <laughs> I, maybe I, I mean I wasn't nervous when they were playing SEMO, but other than that, I'm going to be nervous in every single game that they're in, even when they play Tennessee, but and Arkansas. How many more teams can I throw under the bus here? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, just getting out to a fast start is so important, and it's crazy that they were able to fall apart the way they did against uh, Wyoming. That's yeah. not it's usually truly happen. rare. Yeah, and I just think with the athletes they have coupled with Troy's uh, weaknesses on defense. If they just kind of get a little bit creative, they'll be able to do whatever they want. But I am afraid that they'll just kind of come out, just try to run the ball, you know, 60% of the time. And I don't know, just not look very good and get stopped on drives and have to punt when, if they just opened up the playbook a little bit more, yeah. They, I don't think they could be stopped. Yeah, I think it's possible that they uh, it might take them a couple drives to see, you know, I guess for lack of better terms, how hard they, you know, how hard they want to go, how how much they want to open the playbook. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if I, saw, if I saw this game get out to, you know, 10 to nothing Troy and Mizzou come back and, and win by a couple scores, you know. I think they know what they will have the ability to do potentially against a bad Troy defense. So they might take the first couple drives and just see what they're giving them. Um, or maybe they'll come out and just destroy him. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised by either. Yeah. At this point, with how disappointed the fan base and I'm sure the team and everyone was with the Wyoming game, I don't think they have much room to come out without, you know, come out without the big guns, basically. I agree. All right. Uh, if Unless you have anything else to say about this matchup, we can go ahead and predict it to complete with our score picks. Okay. Well, I'll just go ahead and, and stick with that theme that Troy's going to come out looking good. Mizzou's going to rebound and end up winning 45-24. That's pretty close to what I was thinking. However, I think it's going to go the opposite. I think Missouri's going to start fast. <laughs> the I opposite. I thought you were about to I think it's going to go Troy the opposite. Win. Troy's going to win. No. I think it's going to go. I kind of popped up there for a second. <laughs> like, okay, this is about to get interesting. No. Uh, I think Missouri's going to start fast, get an early lead. And I think all of Troy's points will be playing catch up. And some of it will be garbage time. So I'm thinking 48. And I think the defense steps up and impresses us. Like you said, not going to get the national attention, um, even though they'll get more attention if they do this against Vanderbilt and Ole Miss and Kentucky, even though Troy's offense is arguably better than all of those teams. Um, I think the step up against Troy, force turnovers, protect the ball. I think the offense is going to have their most complete game of the season, but I think and the defense is going to play an excellent first half, and Troy's going to score most of their points in the second half slash garbage time, but they're only going to get to 20. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> I always want to pick like the same exact score as you. I'll go with 17 points. 48 to 17. 48, 17. 
Alrighty. Most complete game all the way around so far this season. Not oh. counting SEMO. Although the offense, <laughs> you could argue, after the first quarter, they really didn't do much. That's true. All right. So now we've got even more games to pick. We will do SEC Pick'em Plus Nebraska Week 6 edition. Last week, Kyle gained a point on me because you picked South Carolina and I picked Kentucky. I kind of wanted that sneaky upset, but South Carolina dominated Kentucky. So you got a point on me there. Uh, we both picked everything else correctly, although we both we almost both missed on Texas A&M because Arkansas gave them a run for their money but couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah, I didn't watch wild. any of that, but I just was I following actually, along with the score. I actually did watch some of it. Um, I think that was kind of fluky. I think A&M's not great, and Arkansas is also still terrible. All right, so uh, we've got one uh, less, one fewer game to pick this week than we usually do because there's a lot of uh, SEC teams on a bye this week. Uh, first up, so I had to include this one, unfortunately. <laughs> Utah State at number five LSU. Do you think when the – I think we'll do a, like a game when the college football playoff is actually about to come out and we'll kind of predict what we think or say what we think the college football playoff top five should be. Just with the AP top ranking. Five. Yeah, top four plus one. Oh, okay. Plus Nebraska. Plus Nebraska. <laughs> top four. College football playoff top four plus Nebraska. Uh, LSU's ranked fifth. Do you think – that's is that where you would rank them if you were ranking the college football playoff right now um i would probably have to think about it for a minute but generally you mean just you don't a, know a, right off in the a spot, grand put you on the spot in a grand scheme of things yes i i don't think that they i don't know sometimes i think lsu gets ranked that high just because of brand name but i truly think they're that good this year yeah i mean i would think i would just based on how this season has gone i would almost want to put lsu second wow behind either second or third behind maybe alabama ohio state i think those are the top three teams in the country did you think alabama's jump of clemson this weekend was justified sure i mean what does the ap poll people have to go off of they saw clemson struggle with north carolina who's really in the grand scheme scheme of things not that good they're going to be a bowl team but not I, much more. I think Alabama has shown some weakness too this this year in a way that maybe I haven't seen them show against poor teams uh, in a while. So they definitely well, not everybody has the budget of Alabama. Well, that's true. So there are some poor teams out there comparatively. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of using that that word that it would, <laughs> but it's still right. It's probably sure, still sure. right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, anyway, I I still think Alabama showed some weaknesses maybe that I haven't seen them show against in inferior teams. Oh yeah. Um, poor you could say poor even so um anyway utah utah state at lsu uh i'm oh man this is really tough i'm going back and forth on it but i'm gonna have to pick lsu yeah i think so me too lsu is favored by 27 and a half then we have potentially the game of the week um two of producer cameron's college football playoff teams going up against each other in number seven auburn at number 10 florida auburn is a three point favorite on the road another reason why this schedule has been not only favorable for just mizzou directly who they're playing i mean they're they're the two west teams they're playing are the two worst in ole miss and arkansas Um, but this schedule has also set up very well in a way that the teams that they're going up against georgia and florida probably for the for the east championship are playing difficult teams in the west so 
obviously Florida is probably the most evenly matched program with Missouri this year as far as most likely getting that second place spot in the East. Um, but they have to play Auburn. They, I almost am positive they lose this game. So that's going to be a good thing for Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I think Florida will lose. I want Florida to lose. Florida to lose, so I'm definitely picking Auburn. Mm-hmm. I think that number 10 ranking for Florida is a little bit fraudulent. I don't really know what else you do because they've won every game so far. Yeah. But It seems like we're a broken record when it comes to Florida. Like Even before we did the podcast, it was like, uh, it's, same team it's basically every year. because Missouri's beating them. Yeah, we're like they can't be that good. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. Like pretty good defense, terrible quarterback play every year for the last like five years. Yeah, uh, you'd think Will Muschamp was still the coach there. <laughs> uh, then we have number three Georgia, who is a twenty-five point favorite on the road at Tennessee. Hmm. <laughs> some some tough picks here. Yeah, Tennessee, are they still in the SEC? I think they're in jeopardy of being demoted to the Sun Belt, but that would be something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like to, European soccer. I'm going to have to go with Georgia here. Me too. Uh, then we have a more intriguing matchup between Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. So a future Mizzou opponent, uh, two future Mizzou opponents, Vanderbilt. At Ole Miss, Ole Miss is a seven-point favorite at home. Who do you like in this game? Uh, nobody. Um, it's not very nice. Yeah, I'll take. That's <laughs> not very nice. Um, I'll take Vanderbilt. Ooh. I'm doing. I'm basically doing the same thing I did last week. You're just with, giving me points. Yeah, you're just giving me points, man. I appreciate it. I'll go with Ole Miss. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing last week where I kind of just picked an upset just to pick it. Yeah. Fine thing. Yeah. Uh, at least this way you'll only get it one point at a time. That's true. Then we have Northwestern at Nebraska. We may pick differently on this one. Maybe. Nebraska is a home favorite by one touchdown. I got to go with Northwestern here. Oh, my. Cam- Producer Cameron, help me out. I want to pick Nebraska so bad. Should I do it? I would. <laughs> you guys never learn your lesson. <laughs> why, why are we picking Nebraska? Help me. I honestly don't know anything about Northwestern. I'll be honest. Are they good? Nobody knows. Does the Big Ten play football? Yeah. We don't know. I've oh. never seen a game. <laughs> I I just see the scores. I don't know. Are they actually <laughs> playing the games? I think somebody just arbitrarily picks numbers for the scores. You're picking Northwestern. You already said it. Yeah, so, uh, I guess. I I don't know anything about them, but I <laughs> I think they'll still win. <laughs> all right, well, I got to get my point back, I guess. That could so. be the Campbell Camels for all I care. They're going to win. <laughs> Fighting Camels. Okay, my bad. Uh, I'm going to pick Nebraska, I guess. I don't. I want uh, to stay friends with producer Cameron. So. He's, a good, he's a good guy. He, I mean, he's got his vices, False. but I guess we all do. He, he's fed up with you picking against his team, I tell you that <laughs> much. I've picked Nebraska a few times, and this bit me in the butt so <laughs> I've, right. do, I've done my part at this, at this point all right well <laughs> uh now that we've picked those teams um that's all i have i, I guess think. we can end the podcast now. i guess all right well um it'll be nice to talk about a win next week stop saying that we did that for we did that um, on we uh, made those kind of like arrogant uh statements I've before the like, wyoming game <laughs> i've said it like the last three weeks that oh, we're gonna cool. see you next week after a win oh nice we'll keep doing that 
All right, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. And we're going to be more active on Instagram, so follow us there, Missouri Sports Pod, uh, Mizzou Sports Pod, Missouri Sports Pod. Are you, you sure? It's 100% Missouri Sports Pod. <laughs> and uh, Kyle's going to be in charge of that, so I'm putting him on the spot and telling everyone to follow, so he has <clears> to <throat> post something. Oh, I made a poll today on Twitter. We got to talk about it really quick. All right. I hope everybody was listening even through the beginning of the outro. Yeah. Okay. So this this poll that I that I put up is Missouri's next four games are Troy, Ole Miss, at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky. Which game is the most difficult? At Kentucky is how I voted. 69% of the voters also nice. agreed with you. Nice. 347 votes wow. in two hours. Wow. Cameron, producer Cameron, your vote. He didn't even hear the Troy, question. Ole Miss, <laughs> at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky. Probably, well. Can you speak in the mic? Probably Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. I think I probably also pick Kentucky, but just for the heck of it, I'll say Vanderbilt. You'll say it out loud, even though it affects the poll zero in any way. Oh, yeah. I may have voted already. You don't know. You said you voted for Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not just say that? I said I might think it's Kentucky. Oh, who did you vote for? Vanderbilt. Oh, wow. Okay. At Vanderbilt. Oh, sure. Just now? Uh, no, when I met her, whenever I made the poll. Oh, okay. Is that, and is that allowed for me to yeah, vote yeah, absolutely. on the poll? Yeah. yeah. Can a president vote for himself? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. We've cleared that up. All right. I can sleep tonight. All right. Um... Probably nobody heard any of that because it was after we started the outro. It's like a after hours podcast now. Yeah. Wow. We can say whatever we want. We, yeah. <laughs> no one we already started the outro. <laughs> All right. You can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next week after a win. <laughs>